We are on podcast number two on this wonderful Friday morning. Uh, welcome to Kafaru Cast. We just did one on our trip down in uh, Texas for our dad, and uh, that was with Brian Broderick. And now I have got the uh, the the mind Jedi. The uh, what did I call you last time? Uh, Bo Jesus. Bo Jesus. Yeah, but the Bo Jesus. Um, Man, I could come up. Who's the guy with big ass hands that uh, is like a shrink that helps people feel good about themselves? Uh, Robbins, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. You're about half the size of Tony Robbins, but Joel <laughs> Turner was <with> shot IQ. <laughs> good morning. Uh, so we had uh, a bit of a debacle yesterday. Um, I'm going to go over it briefly. I don't want to touch on it too much because it was stupid, but um, it brought up some very important things that I wanted to talk about. And, and what had happened, I had mentioned on a podcast um, that uh, I think guys asked me about you and the clicker. And I said, uh, I'm not a, I think I said full on Joel Turner crony. I don't use the clicker as a psycho trigger. Um, sometimes I'll fire before, sometimes after, but I want to make sure I have a conscious or cognizant uh, decision-making process when I do fire it. And then I talked about, I said, Joel hasn't shot a ton of animals, so there's other guys I listen to on some of that stuff. Um, the basis of that was, or what happened after that was uh, people had talked to you and you took it, I don't even know if you listened to, but one way or another, you guys or you or whoever, I'm not going to mention names, that was not a negative thing towards Joel. I should have described it better the the bottom line is joel one is geographically screwed right <laughs> i mean you, you can't shoot and when i say haven't it killed a ton i'm talking two three four hundred animals you, you killed stuff <laughs> there's yeah. no there's no yeah, doubt I, I tallied it up last night it's it's up there but it's not it's not 200 <laughs> well and and so that was my kind of my point was like you know animal anatomy you know animal behavior certain animals uh act differently than others like you would have never gotten me to believe that i needed a mid-body and six inches low on an alabama whitetail but you do yeah. that's just what they do and and that's what i meant by that it was this quick comment it kind of got blown out of proportion but i, I it brought up a lot of other good topics or you know what I mean like a lot of good things to to discuss and 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 with what you teach Joel is 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 total that you need to be in control of your shot at all times and we've had you on the podcast before but go mm -hmm. into that just a little bit um and and what happens when you don't well if you know if you just go out and you practice your shooting and guys are just slinging arrows out there and having fun the problem is, is that you are practicing your own failure. Like if you're not cognitive in the shot, you're going to practice your own failure. You're just going to get better and better and better at bracing for recoil. Those little hidden movements that are linked to your release motor program just get more and more efficient. And then when it gets under adrenaline, you think that your training is going to take over for you. And it will, but it makes you ultra efficient, which means... You may not get all the way to full draw. You might not get that point to where you need it to be before you let go. And that's the problem. But that's the difference between what you're doing and what a lot of people do, right? Like I said, you're – or like you said, you're making conscious decisions in that shot. You might not get through your clicker, but you decided not to. That was by well, choice. 
that most, wasn't my, most of the time. Most, well, most it wasn't because you lost control of your business, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of the time. I, I, it's not. I, I am not a hundred percent iron mind, and I make wisecracks about it. I'll miss the target and post a video and be like, "Well, these six are touching, but this other one in the dirt, I, uh, I lost my iron mind on that one. It's over here because even though I make poke fun, it's true. You have lost whether you pluck the string, whether you just spaz out, whether you know, you've you've lost something in your your mental, your mindset that transfers into what you're doing wrong physically, or that's the way that I look at it. And and it is hard to have full control all the time, but there are people that have close to no control all of the time. Um but I would say how many people do you deal with that have ten percent control? Fifteen, somewhere in there. Yeah, just about every one. I mean, people email me all the time. Hey, you know, I control about seventy percent of my shots. I'm like, well, those those thirty percent that you don't, you're making yourself exponentially worse because that's the fallback. That's the natural shot is to be more efficient. You know, it's not natural for you to draw back and hold on the spot and not shoot, and then to create more tension in the system until this clicker pops and then it's going to go off this explosion is going to happen as a surprise that's not natural so there's always this natural system that wants to take over and if you let it it will and and there's been some um uh now keep in mind where all this came from was actually me screaming at two or three different guys and them screaming back to me so the one thing that should be remembered out of all of this is there good things can come from anything because I think this is going to be a very good podcast because before all of this, there were some guys that have posted up kind of naysaying more or less you, me, Tom, the push in the sense of holding back at full draw and that you can't always do that. And my thing is, I agree. You can't. I don't think you can in a hunting situation, but you damn well better try and there's when I shot the sheep on the second shot in the cliffs, I didn't get to my clicker. I knew damn well I wasn't going to. One, I was in a hurry. Two, I was um, more or less frozen to death. And I thought, if I get to the clicker, great. But I'm not going to pull through it because the sheep was at 8 to 10 feet. I didn't want it to click because it was so cold I couldn't have tape wrapped around the clicker. And it wouldn't click. So, But what I did think of is I'm going to pull my damnedest. And then I'm going to shoot. And I knew you can watch when I shoot. I pull back. My arm comes back good. I mean, it's not perfect, but I knew cognizant effort. Well, there's going to be other times if that animal's moving, I'm going to have to grip it and rip it. But if I know I'm going to have to do that and I'm making a conscious effort to do it, 100%, I think that's okay. And, and I don't know if you agree with that or not. I do. It's just a matter of you have the ability and, and guys that have figured this out and gals have figured this out, you have the ability to switch between open loop control systems, meaning the old grip it and rip it, right? There are times when that's the only option, especially moving targets. You're not going to pull through a clicker on a moving target because the essential thing is when you're shooting with a mechanoreceptive trigger, you don't know when your bow's going to go off, right? If you were shooting a shotgun at a flying grouse or whatever and you didn't know when it was going to go off, You'd never hit the damn grouse. It's got to be a timed event, right? And your subconscious is really good at that. But then there's that time when that critter's standing out there at 40 yards, 
and he's stationary, that's not the time for grip it and rip it. That's the time for shock control. That's when you use that mechanoreceptive trigger and you break that shot off clean. And those are the two different environments. And your ability to evaluate those instantly is a true skill in hunting. That first shot I had, and I talked to you, I think you or maybe I talked to Randy Cooling about this yesterday, having the total package. I'm not saying I have the total package, but you need to work towards that, meaning physical fitness, mental control of, of, of what you do on your shot, uh, tracking, whatever, because it was a total shit show with this sheep. My first shot, 100%, I'm in the Joel Turner, Tom Clum. I'm literally, animal's not there. I'm pulling, pulling, click, fire. Of course, it didn't hit it perfect, but I tried. And total mental control. And after that, there was a few times where I literally trying, I was, you know, it was so cold I couldn't get my gloves off, the grip and rip thing. But I've got good mental control of that for the most part. Every now and then, I would say in the course of, and this is no BS, in the course of every couple weeks, I would say I have one or two shots and, you know, I say, I say, I get, I get like ginchy or get, get a little yippy. Yeah. That is in my mind, that is the first, if, if when I say yippy, meaning that's when I know I have lost total mental control and just have like a, a brain meltdown and I'm aiming, aiming, aiming and just, ah! and, yep. <laughs> and, and you're like, I, and usually I put the bow down for a minute. I gather my shit up. I'm like, not gather, but my brain back together. And I'm like, okay, Snyder, fire one arrow off, perfect. Walk down and get it. Fire maybe one or two the next time. Get your crap together. And I have my own sequence of what I do. I don't just keep zinging them down range because probably that yippy thing is going to keep on keeping on. And that is the natural tendency, right? Your mind is never, it never stops learning. So it's always trying to make you more efficient. So that first one, that you don't make decisions on, and you you just said it, you're aiming, 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 instead of pulling, 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 right? As soon as you switch your mind to that aim, because that's where it wants to go, because that's what it wants to use as your trigger. It wants to use the sight picture as your trigger. As soon as you let it do that, and you got that yippy one, then that's the first one of target. And if, if you don't square your business away, the next shot, and you're just like, gee, I don't know what's going on with my shooting today. And you just keep on shooting. It gets nothing but more and more efficient, which is less and less accurate. So your ability to say, hey, Snyder, I got to bring this back. And you know exactly how to do that. That's the skill. That's well, let, let's skill. let's dive into that part because you and I disagreed with that. And I don't think we'll ever agree on this one. I put the bow away and I go home some day. Now, with the with the recurve, it doesn't happen very often. With the compound, and maybe it was because I was more comfortable with the compound. If I was having an off day, I would I would stop shooting. And I think you said that is like you're mentally um, giving in. And and I I 100 percent would. That's one thing I will disagree with you on. Pretty much everything else we actually agree on that one. I think I maybe it's from you know how everything you've is off past collective of experiences. I think you look at it one way and I look at it as I know this guy doesn't have the mental control to get his business together and start performing good shots. Go home, kiss the wife, play with the babies, come back tomorrow 
but you're right. You are giving in. You are you are admitting defeat to a certain degree. But w- go over that stuff. Well, when you when you were shooting compounds, like let's say let's say ten years ago, and you were were you shooting a hinge ten years ago? Yeah, yeah, I pretty much shot one. The okay, time. so even then, though, even ten years ago, would you say that you are as knowledgeable as you are now about your own shot process? No, 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 not not 10 years ago. Right. So 10 years ago, you used to, you know, maybe have a bad day and you would go home and do the reset and you're you're good to go. Now, I mean, there wouldn't be any reason to go home. Now you know so much about the shot process that if you have no, I, I still go home though, man. Yep. I, this is recent. I I still do it though. That's a that's a choice. I don't think that you would have to anymore to do this big reset. Because now you have the skill to reset it instantly. Well, right? I think part. I think you're. I agree with you on that one. I think part of it too is I know that day I may not have as much fun, mm-hmm. and that could be another reason why. When th- and and I'm not saying I'm right because I'm probably not. But maybe I. <laughs> but <laughs> if I'm not going to have fun, yeah. To me, that is the whole reason I'm out there. And so if I'm not going to be shooting real, real well and ingraining happy thoughts in my brain, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll just do this another day. And there's a couple of tournaments I've shot where I shot okay. I shot, you know, high 190s on a 20-target course, which isn't a bad score, but it's not to my best ability. We're honest to God, halfway through, I'm like, okay, I can't go home or I'm going to look like an idiot. I have got to hold my shit together. It's just not my day. Make the best of it. Try to focus on good shots. And I am happy that I was able to come off the course that day with a decent score and not get too spazzy on the trigger. And you've seen it as much as anyone. Compound, and and this isn't just for stick bow, full-on karate chop, Pearl Harbor to the trigger. (laughs) You know, I mean, now, while we're going, let's talk about, okay, here's one other thing that I want to talk about, too. I am not recoil sensitive. I don't feel target panic is from, I, I feel target panic is caused from different reasons, and I'll go into those in a minute, than the recoil. But talk about that, because that's for me. That's not for everyone. What do you think about, when you talk about the recoil, that jolt when the bow goes off, are you saying that jolt causes it, or the idea of the bow going off causes it, or explain that? So anytime there's a sudden release of energy, right, that might be in an explosion from a flashbang, that uh, explosion from a firearm that might be the sudden release of energy of a bow going off it's all seen as different levels of impact but it's just it's a shock to the system like with a with a bow your body is in tension that's why shot anticipation with a bow is so high as compared to firearms like you can uh, with a firearm if you see somebody yanking the crap out of the trigger right you get uh, you throw a dummy round in there the next one, they get to see it, right? They get to see their actual pre-ignition movements. And when they get to see it, it's so much easier to fix. With the bow, you don't get to see it as much unless you know exactly what to look for, right? You see the little yip of the, of the point coming up. It's all just timing from the sight picture is really what it is. And it, it wants to time that explosion or that sudden release of energy by the sight picture. That makes complete intuitive sense. Right? You still with me? Oh, yeah. No, I'm digging what you're shoveling. Okay. So that's 
essentially where target panic comes from is people just get so efficient in, right? You draw back, aim, shoot, draw back, aim, shoot. And the, the subconscious is constantly learning, draw back, aim, shoot. It starts to get a little faster, right? And then it starts to make it so efficient that it needs to, it only needs to aim for a microsecond. That's where you see the people jumping up and jump into target if they're locked off target. It's their aim. They don't even see it, right? Their subconscious does it all as one giant linked motor program. So that's where it comes from. And, you know, scientifically, that's where it comes from. There's different levels of pre-ignition movements. Like, um, if I was to do the recoil bracing test with you, where I have you aim and I'm, I'm hitting you in the hands, right? When I miss your hands, and you've seen me do before, when I miss your hands, there would be minimal movement. I did it on a guy yesterday in a seminar, and he had a good six-inch dip of his hands. I mean, as soon as I hit the guy... I'm like, oh, man, this is nervous Nelly. I hit him the second time. He came out a full inch and a half, two inches to meet me on the second hit. And I'm like, holy smokes, this is going to be fun for the crowd to watch. And I keep hitting him, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And then when I miss him, I mean, six inches of movement is a lot. Mm -hmm. When I hit you, I might see a half inch of movement, a quarter inch of movement. There's going to be some movement there. If you're thinking about your aim and you're taking impact on your hands within that aiming system, there's going to be movement. Now, it's minimal, however, with dudes like you that are calm. And I see it all the time. Calm dudes, you see minimal movement, it's still there. But the movement that's there in your bow shot is so minimal that it keeps you in the acceptable range. And that acceptable range might be very small, like, I'd buy that. Like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, you know who John Demmer is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so John Demmer, amazing shot, right? But if I did that test with him, it'd be the same thing. It'd be minimal movement, but there is movement. Brady Ellison, right? He put out a post the other day about this 70-meter group that he shot with no clicker and that you should be able to let your body run this this shot. But his his group was in the nine ring, which is amazing for any shooter, right? But it's not his normal group. His normal group when he shoots with a mechanoreceptive trigger, his clicker, is usually all in the 10 ring at 70 meters. And as soon as he didn't shoot with the clicker, you introduce that slight pre-ignition movement in there, which at 70 meters is going to carry you into the nine ring, right? Most people would carry you into the friggin' two ring at 70 meters. So... You know, these elite athletes have minimal pre-ignition movements, but it is still there. So gotcha. to get to get it completely out, that's where the mechanoreceptive trigger comes in. Okay, well, let's take stop just real quick and rewind because I want to make sure this is kind of because I hate to say using a uh, term you're kind you know going around your elbow to wipe your ass, but <laughs> in the in the end. What you preach does fix it, whether it's recoil or whatever in your brain causes it. What you preach helps with it. If you listen, we'll fix it. Some people just, they're not fixable. I hate to say, I i know you're a wizard, but there's some people I don't think you can fix. You might help them, 
But it, from what I've seen, have you seen guys that are just impossible to get back on par? No. And, and here's why. I teach the conscious defiance of human nature. That's essentially what I teach. I'm teaching you how to consciously override your central nervous system. I've never had, and there, I have people that have more difficulty with that than others. And that's where the whole natural born shooter comes in. There is no such thing in my eyes as a natural born shooter. However, there are natural born decision makers. Right. So if I was to show you something, you would take that instruction and you would use it to its fullest and you would implement it into your shot. A lot of folks, the folks that are having trouble with the instruction or whatever, are ones that never decide to use it. They are the ones that are expecting it to work for them. Right. And, and if you look at their life, they're doing that with almost every aspect of their life where they're. They're looking for things to work for them and things to help them instead of the only thing I'm teaching folks is how to do it. How do you concentrate? How, what decisions do you got to make? When do you got to make them in your shot and scientifically how to carry them out? If you don't decide to do that, it's all fluff and it means nothing to your subconscious because the subconscious will override it every time. It's like, nah, we don't need this crap. I'm going to brace you for recoil. We're going to be good, and you're just going to get more efficient. Yeah, that subconscious is a mother. Um. But it'll, if, if you don't know how to consciously override that, and you're expecting it to just work for you, nah, that ain't going to happen. You never just automatically find yourself shooting a perfectly controlled shot. We, are, as human beings, are not made to shoot stuff. It's not, not natural. No, and I, I, I'm buying off on the majority of that. And, 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 and I think some of, whether it's recoil or not, target panic can come from the fear of hitting, the fear of missing. You can get it from being too good. You can get it from being really bad. And, but what, what I do agree with you on 100% is the loss of control in your mind for whatever reason get you into that bad, bad place. And I've talked about it before. Uh, Matt Davis said it once. It's like Voldemort. <laughs> Just don't say its name. Because <laughs> yeah. I've seen people get target panic that never actually had it until they heard what it was and started worrying about it. And then they got it. Well, it's just it, it's the change of thought process is what it essentially is. Like if, if a guy's shooting good and he's on a roll and everything's clicking, everything's doing good, and then somebody starts talking about target panic, right? All you did was change their thought process away from this blank space where they were shooting good and everything was going well. But if they don't really know how they were doing it, then you're a major victim of your own subconscious, right? So, you know, that's all it really is, whether it's a fear of a fear of hitting, uh, a fear of, you know, doing too good. Think about that thought process change. You're shooting like a house on fire and all of a sudden like, damn, I could win this. Right. That is that is the change of thought process. Let, let's talk about that, because I've mentioned this to Frank, Amy and whoever else would listen. When you watch <laughs> a shoot down round, uh -huh. you put money on the line. Yeah. You can see the best shooters in the world and you can look for, I'm going to push my nose against the mic right now. And that's my nose burying into my string a quarter inch more than it did when I was comfortable. Cause you've, 
you've taken them out of their comfort situation. You've put money, you've put something on the line, and mentally now they're stressed. And, and maybe it is from the recoil. Hell, I don't know. But I do know the left hand turns a little wider. They might be gripping the bow a little more. Their nose is a little bit more against the string, and they're, they're tense. The same thing happens when an animal gets in front of you. Well, not always, but you're going to be tense. It's how you control that in, intensity. And so there, I mean, there are when this, when the thought process changes, right? The default is always this more efficient shot, right? But mm -hmm. what comes with this stress or this thought process change? And I, you know, I really analyzed the crap out of this when I shot Vegas a couple weeks ago. You know, I mean, I've got the same physiological changes that happen when I get under stress, right? Like I'm shooting the Vegas round and palms are sweaty, right? My legs were on the first few shots shaky. I'm like, Jesus, man, nobody's shooting at you right now. Get your shit together, right? But there's the in the back of my mind, though, I'm having these physiological changes that equate to more muscle tension, Right. That's just what it comes out as. No matter what happens to you, it usually comes out as more muscle tension. So, you know, but in the back of my mind, there's also that fundamental truth by which I live, that principle. I'm going to get through this freaking sear system no matter what. Right. I don't give a shit where it goes in the target. I'm going to get through this because now I'm using this physiological change for more concentration practice. And that's why I stress for people to get out there and shoot for money, shoot the Vegas tournament, you know, shoot whatever critter gives you mass stress. But you I'll just say trigger time. Yeah. And that's why I, I like people to go on doe hunts. Yeah. <laughs> it, it helps. Oh, absolutely. Well, one of the things that I, you know, I'm lucky enough, I get to, to hunt a lot because of my schedule and everything else. And I'm constantly testing gear. There's a reason why, well, not always, I miss and, I mean, by no means am I just walking out in the woods and dropping bombs in, in 12 rings on deer or elk or sheep. I mean, shit happens. But the reason I'm able to keep a little more control than most, a lot of that is I've had a lot of trigger time. And that, that's, a, that's a big help. And so I encourage people, if it's rabbit season... I've seen people freak out on a freaking rabbit, right? Total spas. There, there's other, there's, you know, shoot against your friends and bet money. You, whatever. Well, Frank, Frank got totally, I mean, you want to talk about Luke is half the shot Frank is. Maybe, maybe half is good. Yeah. Luke talks so much shit. He <laughs> beat Frank that day. Yeah. Now that, and that's, by all means, that's happened to me. I mean, Oh, one of the things that I have going for me, it is, it's hard to rattle me. Thank God. But everyone can be rattled. And when you get guys, you know, there's, there's certain people I feel, and I'd like to get your take on this. When the shit talking and the rattling starts, there's some people that go up a couple notches and get better. There's other people that shit the bed. Yeah. Oh, it all of that is mental control. I hear it all the time, right? There's, there's guys that, that aren't that great on target range, but you put a critter in front of them and they finally make a decision, right? And you can ask these guys, hey, what is the difference in these shots? Well, I don't know. I, you know, I did this and this. They'll tell you all the intimate details of their game shot and they can tell you nothing about their practice shot, right? They just, it, 
that critter, that physiological change, that surge of adrenaline gets them to make decisions and put more value on their arrow, right? Whereas practice just, yeah, you know, I'm just out doing my thing, whatever. So, I mean, we see that all the time. And, uh, you know, it's just, there are, like I said, there are no natural born shooters. There are natural born decision makers. There are those that are hard to rattle. And I would have argued with you on that 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm agreeing with you on that a lot more because of how many people I, I, I say coach, how many people I help out in the beginning, the people that are, it, it could be some, you know, metrosexual millennial never shot a weapon in his life, but he, let's say he's got a high stress job or whatever. He's good at decision making and out of the gate, he's a hell of a shot. Then I make, you know, meet someone that's a rifle hunted the whole life, whatever. And man, he's got target panic out of the gate. Um, he, you know, and he still can kill stuff, but as far as just an, an absolute shooter, maybe not. And, and that's one of the things that started us on this podcast today that I, going back to what I had said on this other podcast that caused this debacle was, I, th- I think I said something to the effect of, I don't want to be a tournament shooter. I don't want to be just a killer. I want to be in that middle where I can, can I, you know, I'm never going to shoot, you know, world championships, but I, I want to have the ability as a tournament shooter and the effective range I need, but also have that, that killer instinct. And you meet guys that have one or the other. And what I strive to have is both. Cause that is hard to find. Um, I'm not saying I got it, but I'm trying to work for it. <laughs> you know, and as far as trigger time goes, you know, like you said, I'm geographically challenged. I'm in Washington. I get to shoot maybe two arrows a year in Washington. But lucky for me, I got to start hunting in Texas in 2003. In 2003, man, uh, that was my first year shooting a clicker on a compound barebow. I went to Texas and just started draining, man. I mean, I was I was killing all kinds of stuff. Realized how I did it, right? So I go back the next year. Awesome, man! Just killing hogs and deer, and you know, jackrabbits, rattlesnakes, everything, everything, clicking, clicking, clicking. I go back in 2005, and the wheels fell off, man. So I'm down there just slinging arrows all over God's creation, and I ain't hitting a damn thing. I'm not getting through my clicker, but I was getting that trigger time that allowed me to start to analyze. And it, in 2008 is when I finally pulled my head out of my ass and analyzed it to the point that I kind of figured out how I did it. But I didn't really keep that information. Then I screwed up a couple. I killed some bulls in 2009, uh, went to Texas in 2009, and it was better. 2010, I shot that. I shot a bull with a longbow at 41 yards, and uh, – and that was the same as that one shot in 2008. And I talk about this crap all the time on the podcast. But if I never had Texas, I'd never – I mean I, I'd still probably be fumbling around. But it was because of that trigger time in Texas that got me those lots of failures but those few successes to where I was able to tell the difference. right? And that's where it all began was Texas and that trigger time and getting – you know, get out there – Get the trigger time and work it as, you know, getting the blueprint in that dough or whatever for concentration practice. And then it, no, it, for, it for gets sure. so much friggin' easier, especially when you've got the tools on how to analyze it and what you're looking for. How the hell did I do that, right? Well, the question is, 
what decisions did I make to get myself to do that? Not just how did I do it? So, well, I, I, I will kind of bouncing around off of, of this year. I'm using me cause I was there. Um, in Oklahoma, I, I whacked three does in less than 60 seconds. Now the doe, the first doe was at 14. The second doe was at 20 something. And the third doe was at 43. I may not have hit that first doe at 43 in all honestly, you know, being truthful, but by doe number two, I was clicking. <laughs> I was confident. I, everything was good, but you have something walk out and 43 is a far shot for a stick bow. But my, my point being is that one shot deal is difficult when you've been freezing to death, you know, whatever, your stock, legs shaking, whether they're shaking from adrenaline or they're just shaking because you've been duck walking for 75 yards or whatever, you've got all kinds of emotions and shit and you, you're, oh my God, is it going to go left? Is it going to go right? Your your brain is running. For anyone who's been on a, I'll say a high country mule deer, elk, sheep, goat, something where you have worked physically so hard that you're so scared to see it crumble. There's a lot going through your brain in comparison to, let me just shoot this deer out of the feeder. The trigger time is good. But in my mind, in my opinion, you don't have nearly the shit going on in your brain when the day, you know, but you've just climbed 1400 feet. You're starving. You haven't pissed because you don't want to take the time to do it because the animal might get up. All the shit in the world that can happen. You are so freaking freaked out of what might happen, you start to make bad decisions. And this isn't just shooting. This is stalking. And that's kind of what I wanted to lead into here was you've got your one chance, your one opportunity. The other thing with that trigger time or those stalks is, in my opinion, and I, I want to hear yours, the mental control to make the right decision on the stock is just as important as the shot. Because if you don't have one without the other, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. And I'll give you an idea, you know, or, or what I'm talking about. There's guys that don't take their boots off. They stalk too fast. They're worried the animal's going to move, so they may brush something they no, normally wouldn't have. Well, they, they wouldn't overlook, but they overlooked it because they're in a hurry. They're not looking around at their surroundings. In my opinion, what you teach goes into that as well. You need to have total conscious effort of everything in your little bubble around you and make a cognizant decision on everything you do, or you're going to be walking up that hill with the, the cone of shame. You, you, you effed up. And do you, do you kind of agree with that? Or, or, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? In, so think big picture, right? Think big picture, open and closed loop control systems on a bigger scale, right? Because we walk every day, open loop, right? You don't have to think about it, you know, right? You're just walking. When you get into a stock... You're just walking, but now you're walking slow enough that you can stop your leg movement anywhere within the movement, right? You have to move slow enough that you can gain feedback, right? So when your leg starts to brush up against that thing, you can stop it, right? Back your leg off the thing, go around it. When you put your foot down in a closed loop control system, you're feeling everything underneath your foot, especially if you've taken your if you've taken your boot off, right, and you feel that stick, but you're putting pressure on that thing so slowly that you're able to stop it, right? You lift your foot back off it. So all you're doing in stalking 
is you are walking in a closed loop control system. That is the skill, being able to put yourself in that place for stalking, right? Then when it comes to the shot, being able to put yourself in that place to stay closed loop for your shot activation movement. That is the ultimate skill of the human being is to be able to put yourself in that place. So whether you use that skill for shooting or simply walking, breathing is another one, right? Where your 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 shit's getting out of out of hand, right? And you're starting to breathe, your adrenaline's going through the roof, and now your respiration rate is is way up, your heart rate's way up. Well, if you don't control your breathing, if you don't put your breathing in a closed loop control system in an actual sequence, then things that's when things get out of hand. So you know, that combat breathing stuff, bringing yourself down and breathing, that brings your heart rate down, that lets you think more clearly. I mean, it's like big picture skill set here, man, right? It's not just for shooting. It's for everything that you need to do in a consciously controlled manner. That's the scientific end of it, right? Yeah, no, I and I agree on that. The one one thing I do want to, you know, mention cuz guys have called me after taking your class and have somewhat I don't say drank through a fire hose, but they're putting way more and again, my opinion, they're putting way more thought process into something that is super simple if you let it be. And again, in my opinion, <laughs> what you teach isn't at the root of it isn't rocket science. It is mental control. You can make it so fucking convoluted and complex if you want to. But the reality of it is, is if you look at it at a base level, you're teaching people to make conscious decisions. Like in my, from what I've seen, I haven't been through your class. And honestly, I, you might give me target panic if I went through. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, but the, <laughs> I, you, what you're doing is making someone think about what they're doing. Yeah. To a certain degree, I, do you agree with that? Yeah, that, I'm when, teaching. I'm, I'm teaching people how to think, because if you just go through life and you don't know how to concentrate, right? I mean, you you already do everything that's in the course. You already do that. You you've you've figured it out. You make the decisions you need to. You know how to buckle your shit down, right, and get squared away. That is what I teach people how to do. You can make that as complex as you want, but really all I need you to do is make these certain decisions at these moments in your shot. You've got two jobs in your shot. That's it, right? That's it. There's three decisions to do two jobs in any high-stress shooting event. If you know what decisions to make, when to make them, and how to carry them out, man, it's it. You're like, God, why didn't I think of that? Because you might have already been doing it. All I've done is give words to you, to it, right? Giving explanation as to what in the hell is really going through your head and really defining this demon of the subconscious that wants to just run everything, right? Yeah, so, no, that, 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 yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I'm only laughing because I'm thinking. It, as simple as that sounds, it's not that simple to do. And right, it's I, difficult to do because you're you are, like I said, consciously defying human nature. How in the world do you consciously override your central nervous system that's there to protect you? Right. Well, and so that's walking cool walking fast. I think is the one hundred percent. Well, 
there's a time to walk fat. Well, let's South Cox is a ninja, right? And he's not the greatest shot in the world. He's a he's a good enough shot. I'm not taking anything away from South, but South is going to be when it comes to killing stuff. He's definitely on my first team All American uh, kill kill squad or whatever, right? Even though he's probably not going to be first team All American tournament staff, and I wouldn't be on that staff either. I'm just making a joke here, but. South has found a way. He knows how to make those conscious decisions on a stock, be very methodical, and, and he's aggressive when he needs to be. But he's making conscious decisions as he's moving along, and he does it as good as anybody in the world, and he's very good at it. Now, when you when you take something like that, um, and, and, and I guess this is, you know, I want people to understand this. How many times have you stalked an animal and looked back and thought, my God, why did I walk so fast? Well, I can tell you why you walk you're so fast. Your brain and everything in your being is saying, get up there and shoot the animal, not slow the fuck down. Yeah, That's right. what you should be saying. Yeah. It's not efficient. It's not efficient to do that. And the sub always tries to make you more efficient no matter what it's like why are we doing this uh, the task is to simply go, get closer and shoot right it, it it wants to run there and do that it wants to do everything fast i mean you've seen people shoot at critters super fast like what happened right they don't even know what happened so you know that's the whole reason for taking the boots off that's the reason you know south stocks around in his friggin underwear whatever because when you can feel those that twig on your leg skin, that is feedback, right? And when you are in a closed-loop control system, feedback is what you're trying to get because you can actually make decisions based on that feedback because you're moving slow enough, right? Right. So it, no, I— it, Oh, I, cool, man. I agree, and I—, I <sighs> I go through all the different things I've screwed up, which we don't talk about those very often. And that list is much bigger <laughs> right. than it's just you don't talk about all these failings. Right. I mean, we just did a podcast like I that that sheep I shot was alive for 18 hours. I didn't get another arrow into it. It was a shit show. I mean, the only thing out of it is don't give up. I mean, stay on it. But what could I have done differently on that first shot the shot felt good you know but the wind was blowing decent you know maybe i shouldn't have taken that shot should i lead it let into the wind a little more all of those things are hard to process in the moment of truth meaning when i say lead it you know i'd bubble into the wind with a compound maybe i should have aimed farther into the shoulder it's an african animal the vitals are farther forward anyway all of things that you look back on and think, Jesus Christ, why didn't I do that? Or stocks that you've blown. That's everything that Joel talks about in that conscious effort. And it is so hard for me, or was, when I went from the, well, was, still is, from the compound to the stick, because I would just shoot it at 80. There was no need for a lot of <laughs> conscious decision-making. I'd be like, oh, whew, look at that, we're close enough, I'll shoot it from here. From 80, I really had to buckle down with the recurve to get into 20 because 80 to 20, there was a lot of decision-making processes, and it's everything that you're talking about of looking at the branch. Do I go left? Do I go right? Watching the stick you're about to step on, making these, when your body's telling you everything's screaming, go, 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 go. You need to be able to dig deep and find something to control yourself that says, slow, <laughs> 
slow. That is that that is a skill in itself. Just you having that conversation with yourself. That is, you know, I talk about this all the time in firearms. True skills. What is the true skill that is required for you to end that fight? What is the true skill that is required for you to get that close to that critter? And it always comes back to, well, a lot of times it comes back to the mental decision. I mean, there are times when you got to run, you got to work your ass off to get just to that one peak so that you can even start your stock. That's physical stuff. But when it comes down to the really nitty gritty of it, being able to make decisions, knowing how to make those decisions is the ultimate true skill of a hunter, I believe. And I'm I'm a solid fifty percent. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it, truthfully, I mean, I don't know where I'm at as far as making. You know, I try. You know, sometimes the decision you make, even though it's a conscious one, isn't the right one. Sure. Is the well, other yeah, problem absolutely. too? You know, right? but you're controlling everything that you can control, and that's you know, if you've done everything in your shot and everything in your stock, and you've controlled everything you can, you can't do any more than that, right? That's just hunting that's how things happen so well and you get guy jake downs is a guy who um he hasn't had any real coaching he, he came and stayed at the house and we shot and he's, he's good enough shot but there's obviously something in that guy he's a killer right i mean he finds a way he gets it done and it'd be interesting to talk to him he, and he would probably oversimplify it but i'm going to assume he is very good at going into that special place of conscious decision making in the red zone where he's making decisions that other people probably would make the wrong ones or not make a decision at all. And, and it may not make sense to say, what do you mean not making a decision? Well, I can tell you that's real easy when you think about it, when you don't make a decision, meaning you're not looking down around, you're just walking, you're not making any decisions at all in, in that. Um, and I, I mean, what would you say animals death to stock to shot to death how often are you screwing up not the shot but something has went wrong in there um on animals you're on yeah like all the time i i stock way too fast and i i tend to put all the decisions in the shot but if i don't get the damn shot it doesn't really make any difference right so well and and, and here is what i was leading up what I was wanting to get at with here when I when I said that um, on that other podcast, this is exactly what I was talking about, because you are I'm not saying that you haven't killed animals and you're not a killer, but there are certain things that other people are going to be better at than you and me and 10 other people combined. In comparison, you will be the first guy that I talk to. Well, when I say you, you and Tom. I have issues with my brain or my form, <laughs> yeah. you, but there's it, it, it's just a simple fact. I go to the gym all the time. You do not want to take uh, any advice from me on running. I go to the gym every day, though. Now, for you, I'm not saying don't take advice from you on hunting because you've killed plenty of shit, but usually for stalking, I'm going to talk to South because he's half ninja, maybe full ninja. I'm not 100% sure, but it... it at the shot, I you know I'm not trying to pump your tires too much. I agree, you are the guy to talk to on that mental control aspect of it. And again, I I 
you know, as we're talking about this, I apologize. We talked about it yesterday. I meant nothing negative by that, but it had nothing to do with the shot when I said the tip an animal thing over. It had to do with all this other shit we're talking right. about. Yeah, so yeah. that's good. Good. Um, you know, and I, and I think people need to understand that, too. There's nothing wrong with listening to, to me or you or whatever for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do say, I will say, like, with broadheads, mm-hmm. well, man, it's pretty hard to argue with guys down south if you're talking about putting arrows through stuff. Yeah. So who do you go through, if anyone, when you're looking at, like, broadheads? Well, I mean, I just, I, I, I have people that are killers, just like you have people that are killers. And I look at what they're using and can they explain to me why they're using that? And if they're, you know, if they're just dropping a bunch of critters with it, I, I know the technicalities of their setup. So I know what they're shooting for kinetic energy, all these things, right? I'm, I'm analyzing people all the time and I have my go-to folks that, uh, you know, that are, that are doing lots of stuff. I mean, I get to do a lot of that myself. So, um, I need to I need to go to South Cox's stocking school. I know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would probably tell you it was born into him to a certain degree, but as far as, I, as, far as killing stuff, I mean, elk are my thing. But elk don't take. The only decision I got to make on an elk is what call am I going to yeah. think? Right? It's not yeah. about stocking and being super quiet and all that stuff. That's why I mean, I I am a, I kill elk, right? Uh, blacktails, I'm getting better at the whole tree stand thing, but as far as stocking goes, I haven't got a lot of experience doing that. And I always find myself going way too fast, but, uh, I mean, if I do get a shot by God, I'm going to make it, but <laughs> or I'm going to do it. Oh, I, I, can to I don't disagree it. with that one. But, no, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, me getting, getting in range of them is, is a work in progress, bro. Well, and I think with, with that again, like, because of your geographical location, coming from a guy, I'm I'm from Oregon. I you know guys are like, uh, you know, you're so lucky, and I, hell yeah, I am. I moved out of that state right. for a reason, right? I'm, <laughs> I, and I structured my entire life around hunting to be able to do what I'm doing, and and I, and I I am lucky with what I get to do, and I, I I do get to learn a lot, but by no means do I have it figured out because, I mean. Every time a crisis of some sort, I mean, take my high country mule deer hunt. I got the brakes beat off me like a rented mule, like (laughs) as as bad as it could get to the to the point where. And I don't know if you ever do this. I'm sitting in the tent talking to myself like, all right, what are you doing, man? Like usually these things tip over pretty easy for you. Get your shit together. What is going on with you? And I'm. I mean, obviously, you got to mentally stay on the mountain, and I don't just mean physically. I mean mentally. If your body's there, that does not mean your brain is there. Um, and all of that kind of comes into play with not to keep talking about like with what you teach, but it does help mental control. Whether you're taking abuse, pain, whatever, I mean, you have to keep your brain into it, or you might as well not even be there. In in, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, we talked about it the other day. Uh... You know, shot control equals life control, right? If you have the ability to control an explosion, to create a movement that creates an explosion, and you can consciously override that, that is like the ultimate in decision making. So, and that that skill 
can be used in every facet of your life to keep you on the mountain, to keep you going, to make you slow down. You know, people just got to use it. It's like the ultimate for me anyways. That's kind of how I equate it is if you can control your your shot on a critter, man, you can control damn near everything in your life. Right. I mean, everything that, that requires a decision on your part. Right. I mean, there's stuff that we don't have control of, but uh, sometimes I forget to pay my taxes. You would think if I have control of my shot, I would remember to pay my taxes. Um, I think that, um, you know, kind of rounding this out, certain things for people to think about. One, if I, I get a lot of questions and we can't make this thing last four hours, I get a lot of questions about people's shots and they can't understand you know what? Okay, they got a clicker on. They don't know what's going on. Is my draw length correct? Is my draw length incorrect? And I know you mess more with the brain stuff, and you shoot a grip sear. Um, the my thing with people on most of that is what you guys. I say you guys is a package. You you know shot IQ, the push, and Tom Clump. In that, all of that, you're going to need. You're going to be able to find what you need in that package, and. Correct me if I'm wrong, I generally refer to you as the brain target panic doctor, mechanics for Tom, and the geeky stuff for Matt and Tim. Um, When I say geeky stuff, they go into the string walking and the face crawling and all the other stuff. Okay, if you're having trouble trying to figure out a clicker or whatever, that's not something I can explain in a text very easy. If, If your draw length is correct... There are so many variables on if your clicker is set up correctly. You're going to have to go see someone or watch a video and hop on the push or, or, or if you have a video, you know, and we'll go over that in a sec, you can kind of list everything. Do I have target panic? If you cannot let your bow down, you have target panic, in my opinion. If you, if you can't even make the conscious effort to let it down at any time, you have target panic. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean it's just yeah, it, target panic. Or, I mean letting down is like the ultimate control device, right? If you are getting enough feedback, if you're moving slow enough in your shot, as far as your shot activation movement, if you're moving slow enough that you can gain the feedback, this shot is going to suck, right? You've got decisions to make there. When you when you really realize that, you can either fight. And you can talk to yourself louder than the stress that's coming in and get your shit together, or you can let it down, right? Both of those things have to be practiced. In your mind, if you're something in your brain is yelling, shoot, 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 almost every time you should let down. <laughs> that's a bad call, yeah. <laughs> Truth, I mean, for me, when my brain's saying, let it go, let it go, let it go. Jesus, if I haven't let down, I guarantee it's not. That arrow is generally never going where I want it to because I've lost every sequence I've got to where I'm at a point where I'm like, shoot, 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 shoot. And I'm talking about a target, not an animal. My my brain is saying shoot when an animal's in front of me. Those kind of things, if you're really ginchy, if you can't let your bow down, if if you can't aim for 15 seconds and then just let down on command, you should probably get a hold of Joel. You got some problems. Um other things, if 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 um, you shoot fine on a target course and you can't remember what happened when you shoot an animal, and some people can't, you have no idea if you look through the peep, if you hit your anchor, where the animal was standing, 
you probably want to talk to Joel. And I, there's nothing worse than guiding a guy that can't remember what happened when he shot the animal. Where was it standing? I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? You shot at it. <laughs> You know, did you look through the peep? I'm not sure what happened. Those are all things that, that listening to Joel will help control. I mean, and I'm trying not to pump your tires up too much, but it's true. Those things you want to get regimented in your in your system. And Do you go over that very much with guys on the hunting side of things, or do you guys stick with shooting for the most part? No, I mean, it's it's all it's all about that. It's, it's about taking that science of control process shooting and plugging it into every shot even on critters right when you got that blueprint it's so much easier because you know what's coming you know what's coming with adrenaline you know the physiological changes that are going to happen and you know how to counteract them with making decisions so it's it's a whole whole package man it's transcends all realms of shooting so so with people talking about I will say right now, I am not a fan, nor do I tell anyone, and I'm totally against string walking in a hunting situation. I think it's a horrible idea. It's my own opinion. If you don't like it, suck it. I don't know what to tell you. It is a bad idea. In a, in a hunting, especially a mountain hunting situation, because it takes time. And, and that's, and at arrow flight and everything else. But how people shoot, do they, you know... Do they have a point on? Are they gap shooting? Do they are they gripping it and ripping it instinctive? I get this question more than anything. I out to about 30 yards, I'm instinctive. I use my point after that out to 40, 45, and after that I probably shouldn't be shooting anyway. How are you doing it? So that's you know, the way that you do it is the same way that a a fixed crawl. I'm not a fan of string walking for hunting. Uh, but if you shot a fixed crawl. All that does is, you know, you got another knock point on there and you hook your fingers in a different spot, the same place every time. It's really no different than than uh, the way that you're shooting regular three under, right? But the way that you're shooting as far as instinctive out to a point, and then when your point gets close enough to the target that it actually becomes a reference, you're using that up to your point on distance and then after your point on distance to a certain range, right, as long as you can still see the critter and can put that point a certain level above it, it's all good. That's how virtually everybody aims, whether they like it or not. Because when you, let's say that you start out gap shooting, right, and you're like, okay, at 20 yards, I got to be 16 inches underneath the target. And you draw back and you've got maybe a mark down there that's 16 inches underneath it. Well, Quickly, that mark can be taken away. That gap becomes instinctive. It just becomes a picture that your mind sees. So, you know, everybody, I shoot the same way. I'm, I guess you would call it instinctive out to a point until my point gets really close at a range where the point gets really close. Then I'm using the point. And then once I get past it, I'm doing that. And if I, you know, if I want to use my finger range finder to go, out to 80 whatever not at critters but at targets then i know i know what branch i gotta pick and i put my damn point on that thing you know so every your mind is simply setting your arrow on a trajectory path people call it all kinds of different crap split vision gap shooting pick a point uh never see my arrow it's all the same your subconscious is setting your arrow on a trajectory path it becomes instinctive up to your point on 
And then past that, you better be counting inches because now inches really matter, right? When you get out past your point on distance, so. Right. Now, when you, the reason why I, I'm, you know, bringing this up or whatever is, you know, some guys uh, face walk, like I, like Randy and Denny, um, they just have different fingers in the corner of mouth for different distances. Um, a, a lot of it's for follow-up shots. Mine just ended up being how it ended up being because that's just how it ended up, what I was comfortable with. No one really told me what to do. They just, Tom had uh, suggested different, multiple different things and kind of let me run with it. And it, there is flaws if uh, your your brain can get in the way when you're right on that level of grip it and rip it and your point, you, you <laughs> That can be a problem for me in that in that distance. You know, sometimes you start looking at the point, you look up, you look down, you're like, OK, I'm in a bit of a conundrum here. I probably should have just shot the animal rather than going back and forth. But what do you think for people starting out at? I always just suggest, hey, man, just start drilling it at 10 yards. Good form. Work on that. Go to 20. Keep the same good form uh, and you will find your own path if you get info from everyone pick all that apart kind of as a sponge and then use what's comfortable for you, but just don't let your form fail you at any time and everything else will kind of fall into play, uh, into place. What, what do you suggest on that? Yeah, I would have people just, you know, take instruction from Tom and get that form. But with that, you know, if you've, that's if you've never shot a bow before, if you have, you know, if you can make the pointy thing come out the bendy thing even if you have crappy form get mental control of that shot at whatever distance makes you nervous right even if you haven't even if you got no aiming system yet your your subconscious is still trying to figure it out get some mental control then start plugging these form factors into it right constantly testing yourself on your mental control and you know, as far as distance wise, because people say, well, you know, I can control myself to 15 yards, but as soon as I get to 16, oh, it all falls to hell. Well, that's only because you're letting it do that, right? Make some decisions, stay in the same shot, shoot the same form. Your form should be the same from five yards to 500 yards. It doesn't matter. It's just a different aim, right? So if you're just starting out, if you need an aiming system, Hang a friggin' tennis ball off of the target where you can put your point on it. Because if if your subconscious can lie to you about, hey, I'm on, it will. So if you put yourself a reference point on that target where you stick your point on that below the target, let's say 20 yards, you put you hang the tennis ball 24 inches below the target, right? Then there's no question that you're that you are on. Right. And your subconscious, because it sees that you're on, is going to be screaming at you to shoot that arrow. The skill is to be able to get yourself through that moment when it's screaming at you, the critical second, separating that shot with the here I go. Yours is different. Right. But mine is here I go. And then making yourself cognitive on the second half of the shot. And then there's no lying. Right. It, you can't you can't lie. Yep, my friggin' point was on the ball. I simply watched it to keep it. And then you can move that ball accordingly until it becomes a non-issue, right? Where you're just, you draw back and aim, whatever that means for you. You get the picture that you like, then you do everything you need to do in your form and your mental control, and you shoot that shot with control or you don't shoot it. 
that's how you get better exponentially. The only thing I, I guess I would add on that is when there's an animal in front of you, mm-hmm. no one is letting down that I know. Maybe you are. I don't know many that let, unless the animal just runs off. You know what I mean? Like the, obviously people, the only thing you can hope for when an animal's in front of you and maybe you, you don't have everything together mm-hmm. is, is your training and your practice. Hopefully it was good practice. will carry your ass through a bad situation. And that's why it is so important. And I fall into the habit of just ripping arrows off too, that you shoot good quality when you practice good quality arrows in the hopes that maybe at the most inopportune time you have a shot that you're probably not going to let down, but man, make the best of that situation you have. It may not be perfect. You may not get to the clicker. You may not get the, you know, you may have a bad angle. Who knows? But God, don't let that get in your head that it's a bad situation. Just it, that animal is going to die. That is what you need to keep in your mind. Right. The only way you can get through that you recognize it as a bad situation. The only way you can get through that is if you have practiced the decision making, right? I mean, you got to have you. You must have practiced that. So when you when you're talking about perfect practice, that means that when you get yourself in that situation in practice, then you make the decision and you fight through it. Now I let down on that one hog in 2008 because I was so pissed off that I had to, right? I mean, I like, I got to get this thing together. And I didn't even know what the hell I was doing at that time, right? So I let down on that one hog. That was a huge step for me. Now I don't have to let down on critters. I have to fight, right? I got to, I'm freaking screaming to myself in my head to get through that freaking sear no matter what, right? And that's that's the skill. The skill is not shooting the arrow. The skill is buckling down, making the decision, and making the best of that bad situation. And I mean, it's people are seeking the wrong skills out there. They're seeking this this shot that that they watch John Demmer shoot all the time. I call it chasing the ghost. Right? You got to know the mental background of that shot. That's where the true skills lie. Man, you brought up a couple good points. We're going down all kinds of rabbit holes. Um, <laughs> the ch- the chasing the ghost thing, basically what people are chasing is John Demmer's perfect shot. Is that what you're getting at? They're chasing a they're chasing a controlled shot with no mechanoreceptive trigger. They're not chasing the decisions that he's making, the decisions that you're making. They're just chasing the shot. I want to do that. Well, you, there's a lot of decisions that go into that that shot, right? And they're skipping over that. I have horrible form on my my release hand. It it does this kind of roundabout shit. I I don't know how even to explain it, but I'm not coming back like oh Brady Ellison. In fact, I'm the farthest thing from Brady Ellison you could get. Um, my my hand comes back on my face about three quarters of an inch. It kind of makes a downward motion towards New Mexico. It heads back up towards Colorado, and it ends up back on the Wyoming border. Right? Whatever. It does some goofy shit. Well, not all the time, but but I I have constant tension. I I do not. When I say I do not. Collapsing is not an issue of mine. I very rarely collapse. I have all kinds of other issues, but 
I've kind of gotten to the point, I just don't give a shit. I've tried to just basically keep it exactly the same every time, keep good tension. And the tension, I think, carries my ass because I do have good tension on the shot. But I don't look, it only depresses me to look at guys like Brady Ellison or Dimmer because I'm just, I haven't, I can't seem to get there. But I am to the point now, I don't give a shit. I shoot good enough. I'm just working with what I've got. But what I think, what I'm trying to get to people is I'm making what Joel is saying, conscious decisions during my shitty form process, meaning I can let down when I want. I'm keeping constant tension in there. I've got a controlled shot during it. Now, could I be better if I had better form? I'm sure I could. You know, I'm hunched over like a, a gorilla. I look like an idiot. My hand flies all kinds of goofy. But I'm making conscious decisions and I'm keeping constant tension. And that has to carry me because because I, I don't know what else it is. I mean, that's got to be it because I'm certainly not a textbook form guy. And guys get a hold of me with maybe bad form or maybe glitches. Get a hold of you guys. See if you can work that glitch out. You may have to find an in around like Tom and I did. I'm just, I don't think I'm physically able to do it. I mean, we've tried with five pound bows. I'm just fucked up. Right. Well, I mean, when, when Tom, when Tom gets a hold of me, I mean, my arms don't go straight at all. My alignment is not that great to get alignment. Like what Tom talks about, I have to shoot with my thumb, right? I mean, for Christ's sakes, I'm shooting a backwards bow and all this stuff. But the thing is, is that your mental control trumps your form. It, it overrides, if you have mental control, you don't have to have that great of form. Would you be a better, more consistent FIDA shooter? Maybe, right? Would you be yeah, oh yeah, yeah. better maybe uh, shots at game? Uh, I don't know, because your form, everybody's form is different, but... If you find a form that that is good, that works, that's consistent, and you have mental control to do it the same every time, then that would I would much rather have the mental control than to have this pristine form and not be able to aim at the spot without letting the arrow go or punching the trigger on my release or whatever, right? Because pre-ignition movements that come from no mental control blow apart your form at the moment at the moment of release you can do all this all this stuff and it can be all perfect and then if you if your pre-ignition movement includes a collapse or a pluck it's that's all for not right well having that mental control and then if you if you have the form information from tom it's like the whole package man because then you plug that mental control into the biomechanically correct stuff that tom teaches and man, then you can really get to your potential. I'm at my potential. I'm as I, I can't get total alignment, and that's just the way it is with my body. I'm cool with that, but I got mental control that will crush all that. So that's that's what I hang on, and that's what you're hanging on. Uh, you know, that's a key part of success is getting that mental control first. If you can, if you have the body, if you got the right arm bone length and all that stuff to plug it into the NTS system, then by God, do it because you'll be a better archer for it. But don't be discouraged if you can't get in that perfect form. If you got mental control, you already know that you're killing stuff. You already know that you shoot good. So, so uh, a guy, uh, squirrel here, AJ, 
um, posted uh, AJ Dubay uh-huh. that he was saving up for a bow. Yeah. And so he has a little jar every time I say, you know, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's making a lot of money on the last two podcasts. I didn't realize I say that shit that much. I say it all the time. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I was held too much as a child. Maybe too much by my mom, not enough by my dad. You're making him money right now, buddy. Oh, yeah. And he's got to do $20. Yeah. He should uh, have started that early because this year I have laid some animals down. He would be a rich man <laughs> if he would. <laughs> you know, but you, you you talk about that. The other thing, you know, with your the mental control, the other thing is do not, you know, Jeff Lander has said many times, you're only good as your last shot. Man, I agree with him, but you you need to slough that shit off and move on because if I know it looks like a lot of times that, you know, I'm, I'm having, you know, all this success, but I'm telling you what, there is a fuckload of failures in the middle of that, that people are not seeing my, my mule deer hunt was a good example. We, that was pretty much, there was nothing left on the table there. It was all out in the open. I wanted people to see, but you got to stick with it and shuffle off that, you know, the mental control to say, hey, shit happens. I screwed up. Get your crap together and move back on. That can be hard to do. But for me, I, I've found a way to, to get all that bad stuff out of your brain. Do you have suggestions for guys that are in kind of a slump to get out of it? The, the bad stuff is coming. The stress is coming. Uh Find the true skill. Like you know how to buckle yourself down. If you screwed up a shot, it's in the analysis of it. And simply asking yourself those questions. What was I thinking? What was I saying? Could I have stopped it? And what decisions did I make? I mean, that's the crux of the blueprint. If you take that last shot and you analyze it and you ask those questions against it, and you're like, Oh, shit, I was thinking about, God damn, that is a monster six by six, <laughs> right? Uh, what was I saying? I was thinking, damn, that's a monster six by six. That has nothing to do with your shot process. Could I have stopped it? No way. Wasn't even an option. What decisions did I make? None, right? So you've instantly analyzed the, that shot. What you're saying is exactly what I do, thank God. <laughs> You have a blueprint for your controlled shot. What am I thinking? I'm thinking about my shot activation movement. What am I saying? Whatever words get you to think about your shot activation movement. Uh, Could you have stopped it? If you're moving slow enough in that shot activation movement, hell yeah, you can stop it because now you're gaining feedback. What decisions did I make? The original decision, I'm going to shoot this shot with control or not at all. Half draw moment, I'm going to do this right. And the critical second, the most freaking important decision you could ever make in a shot is when you realize the aim is complete. Instead of shooting during that second, fill it with here I go, die mother effer die, whatever you want to say, right? Uh, you got to use that decision to separate it and make yourself more present. I mean, when you have the blueprint that's this strong, there's usually not that bad shot because the skill is following the friggin' blueprint every time, no matter what. But if you do screw it up, you go to the blueprint, yeah, didn't do that. Well, it's pretty damn easy to fix the next time because you know exactly what you need to do. Man, what you're saying makes, and I want, you know, that last part is very, very important. And that's how I get through it is I dissect what happened. Did I make a bad decision? 
did shit just not pan out for me? You got to be honest with yourself either. You fucker, don't fucking lie to yourself because people do that all the time too. Did I make a good shot? Well, if in the back of your mind, like, eh, yeah, you probably didn't make a good shot. You know, you know when you instant, made a good shot. You know instantly whether it was good or bad. So analyze it. Strength. Use the good one to strengthen it. Use the bad one to strengthen it. It's the same freaking questions, right? Yeah, and for for and I only bring these up because they just happened in that high country mule deer and the ass whoop and I took. I use those all the time. First animal, right at that point on, rip it, rip it. Couldn't see its feet for a point on. I was getting ready to grip it and rip it. I looked down at my arrow shaft. It's in the dirt. Mental meltdown. I'm sure, naturally, I aimed higher because my point was in the dirt and just screwed up. So mentally, everything else, textbook stuck. Everything else, unbelievable. Fluffed up the shot for that reason. Okay, next shot. Well, the animal ran out, and it was out at 40, and I put my point on. I just didn't put it on the right spot. Clicker went off. Perfect line. You have to keep that in consideration. If you're not bad left and right, that is a good sign for me. If you just missed high or low, especially with a stick because it's so slow and a little farther distance, I had good line. I'm chalking that up as a victory. I got in its wheelhouse. It just happened to have that sixth sense blow out. Try to take good things from this stuff, not just bad. Otherwise, you're going to end up never hitting an animal in your life because you're just sucking in the bad. you got to take good stuff from each sure. bad opportunity or blown stock. Sure. So, is there anything else you want to cover or talk about? Man, that's it. Cool. Well, I, I, uh, for guys that 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 listened in and are having any having any issues or whatever, uh, don't get a hold of me because, quite honestly, I'm running out of time. Uh, I, <laughs> and I'm not that much help. You know, some of the stuff I'm just repeating what I've been taught. So, if you're having issues with brain problems, um, target panic, get a hold of Joel. If you've got some form issues, you're trying to figure out draw length, uh, definitely get a hold of Tom or Joel. The guys over at the push, they have, um, a, a wealth of knowledge on more of the tech side of things. Um, I'm really only good when it comes to killing. So if you have issues with that, you might get a hold of me, but there's going to be some, um, probably, uh, what's the word? Um, I may have some guessing in there because I haven't quite got it figured out, so I'll probably make some shit up in the middle. But overall, definitely listen to what Joel was talking about today in the podcast. It'll it'll certainly help you out. Where can everybody find you at, Joel? ShotIQ.com. Yeah, that's where my, all my online courses are. Book is on uh, Amazon. It's Controlled Process Shooting. And uh, Joel Turner at ShotIQ.com. Shoot me an email. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and everything you're doing for the for the industry. And uh, and if anybody, like I said, if anybody has issues with this stuff, don't. It's like alcoholism. <laughs> First step is admitting it. Otherwise, you're never going to get over it. So definitely admit what you got and and move forward and try to get a handle on it. So well, thanks again for coming on, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yep, take it easy.